for our final piece in our series on Bill Gates and the Gates Foundation and their many crimes against humanity, we bring one last story, perhaps the story that we'll find brought down the uh, the, the world's once world's richest man. This is, of course, the story of Bill Gates and his foundation's efforts to block the proliferation of a life-saving or life-saving vaccinations in the midst of a horrifying global pandemic uh, that hasn't been seen since the 1918 flu. And why were they trying to stop the spread of vaccinations? Oh, to protect intellectual property rights and the profits of the wealthiest industry in the you know, on the planet, the pharmaceutical industry. Really um, horrifying, I don't know what to call it other than just demonic shit. So we have a clip from our, long clip from our thanks, second annual Thanksgiving pageant extravaganza as well as a, a, another clip that is a little less long, but this is going to be an extra packed long episode from late January of 2021. Uh, well, uh, I would say enjoy, but, you know, this is the fucking world we live in. Sorry. As we know, Thanksgiving is about giving thanks. It's also about catching up with our friends, as we already have. Uh, but I thought maybe we catch up with another friend from last year, Bill Gates and his Gates Foundation. Uh, do you have something for us, Colin? Oh, do I ever? It's uh, <laughs> it's a real doozy. Are you ready for this one? Oh, I am always ready on a th- to celebrate Thanksgiving the way we always do, which is diving into the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. <laughs> sounds great. Let's do it. All right, so this was originally published in the New York Times, and we're not going to read the entire thing in full, but it was republished in the Seattle Times recently. And the title of this is Inside Bill Gates' High-Stakes Quest to Vaccinate the World Against COVID-19. And I think we can assume the Seattle Times took out all the big words. Yeah. Let's hope so. I mean, <laughs> we, you know, this episode's going to be long enough. I also assume, I'm just going to guess right off the bat, that the high stakes they're talking about are not actually as what you, the listener, probably naive as you are, immediately assumed were the lives of everyone in the world. <laughs> I'm going to guess it's actually talking about the uh, dollar investment, the vested interest uh, you would. that Bill Gates and the Gates Foundation have on the line in this. And uh, I'll put money on that. I can't believe that you would stoop so low as to think that this is something about as dirty, as small, as just filthy lucre. Uh, Colin, you know, please, wrong. please cure Greg of this notion and let's get into this. All right. Working behind the scenes of an $11 billion effort to lay the groundwork to procure coronavirus vaccines from more than 150 countries is the world's second richest man, neither a scientist nor a doctor who sees himself and his $50 billion foundation as, as, a un- God. as uniquely prepared to take a central part. Gates and his team are drawing on connections and infrastructure the foundation has built over two decades to help guide the effort. I mean, they're drawing on the fucking money. (laughs) You can buy connections. Yeah, yeah, the connections and infrastructure uh, that comes with being the world's second richest man. Like, it's, they're like, want to imbue all of this with like a mystique and like a, a, like a labor value, you know, (laughs) like all the work they've put in. But I mean, yeah, they've got the money. Yeah, and yes, they owe the world a vaccine because of that. Go on. It's that Mr. Show sketch where David Cross basically says more money equals better than. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so here we go. It says, we know how to work with governments. We know how to work with pharma. We've thought about this scenario, Gates said in a recent interview. We need, at least in terms of expertise and relationships, to play a very 
very key role here. Oof. Yeah, love it. Yeah, <laughs> love no, it already. No, thank you. As the, as the first vaccine candidates sprint toward regulatory approval, the question of how to immunize much of the world population has taken on added urgency. But nine months in, the success of the vaccine effort, known as COVAX, is not at all certain. So far, it has pulled in only $3.6 billion in funding for research, manufacturing, and subsidies for poor countries. Three companies have promised to deliver vaccines, but it is not yet known whether they will be effective. And it may be difficult to secure the necessary billions of doses in an affordable, timely way because the United States and other wealthy countries have cut separate deals for their citizens. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Are we are we the bad guys in the story? <laughs> Are we the baddies? <laughs> so yeah, the the COVAX, by the way, uh, is this you know international sort of collective effort uh, by the World Health Organization to create some sort of COVID vaccine that can be delivered, uh, you know, hopefully to you know developing countries, the third world, whatever euphemism you want to use. Um, and I do love that it just begins right at the bat of. Don't worry, the first world has already completely tied this project up in fucking knots by brokering deals with all the pharma companies. <laughs> <laughs> so don't worry, it's already fucked. <laughs> in recent months, yeah. Yeah, no, sorry. Oh. In recent months, Gates, who emphasizes that he is one of many involved in the vaccine effort, has hosted online roundtables with drug company officials. He has pursued financial commitments from world leaders. In one week alone, he and his wife and co-chair, Melinda Gates, spoke with President Emmanuel Macron of France, Chancellor Angela Merkel of Germany, President Ursula von der Leyen of the European Commission and Crown Prince Mohammed bin Zayed of Abu Dhabi, United Arab Emirates. <laughs> well, I mean, just a, a stunning list of people I'm sure have uh, poor people in this world's interests at heart. Uh, but go on, please. In Washington, Bill Gates has consulted frequently with Dr. Anthony Fauci, the nation's chief infectious disease expert and a longtime collaborator on vaccine initiatives, and talked to Senator Mitch McConnell, a polio survivor who has been supportive of programs to eradicate that and other scourges. And to help staff the vaccine effort, his foundation has provided millions of dollars for McKinsey and co-consultants. <laughs> so we've literally assembled the Legion of Doom here. <laughs> I'm sure, An unholy pact. Holy shit. Holy shit. It's the fucking the, Axis. Yeah, they have the 20 most awful humans on the planet. <laughs> All these guys are in there. Just unfucking believable. Like, like Hitler, Mussolini, and Tojo <laughs> coming together. Like just unbelievable. So fucking good. <laughs> Some people will say. Why should it be him? Said Dr. Ariel Pablos Mendez, former director of knowledge manage management at the WHO. He has the star power. He has the resources. He cares. There are many players that do things, but not at the scale of Gates. So listen, listen, they're big players out there. OK, they ain't got shit on Gates. All right. What they said there was he's got the power. That's the only real like salient point in this entire article so far he's got the power he's really all there is why gates because he's rich although i do love that it adds this uh very modern era bit in here kind of like trump where also he's famous <laughs> like, gotta have the yeah. famous guy in charge yeah. yeah it's a brand it's like he can wrangle all these forces because he's the brand for like helping the world yeah, which like makes him gates he's the indispensable billionaire mm -hmm. he's like they're, they're, they're talking about bill gates the way the sort of foreign policy establishment has for decades talked about the United States and its role in the world is like, we, you know, we've got to be there to show the leadership. We've got, we are the indispensable nation who's got to be, I have our finger in everything because we're the only ones who can bring the parties together, who have the credibility and the power globally to get this stuff done. That's just Bill Gates now for any serious, like global mm -hmm. emergency. He's well, the, indispensable. That's, we have let him become that. That's yeah. one asshole. Yeah. Think of, I mean, as bad as American imperialism is, Gates' imperialism is, I'm, I'm, it's worse. It's worse, <laughs> folks. One, one rich asshole is worse than a, a Congress and White House full of creeps, you know, <laughs> and a deep state for that matter. Amid the pandemic, some public health officials and advocates argue that vaccine makers, many of which have benefited from unprecedented public funding, should be compelled to share their technology, data, and know-how to maximize production. India and South Africa, for example, are pushing to suspend the global enforcement of intellectual property rights involving the virus. 
I'm sure that is going to go over gangbusters. And it probably is worth remembering from our talk last year about Bill Gates that really one of the main functions of the Gates Foundation is to uphold the mm-hmm. you know copyright and patent fucking stranglehold that pharmaceutical companies have on the planet. Yeah, I'm also fairly certain that they are engaging in this effort to you know lobby to suspend IP rules on these vaccinations because they are 100% planning if necessary to throw them out the window if they want to which mm-hmm. is cool and good and they should do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These are places that are working on their own vaccines but if but if something comes along that's good and easy to produce and cheap they should absolutely get their hands on it and the day and the research by whatever means are necessary and reproduce it for their citizens and tell whoever supposedly owns it to go fuck themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is interesting too, because it sort of underscores something that all of that preceding passage was uh, advancing in opposite, which is that it takes gates to coalesce all of these people to, to be convinced to work together. And then, Mm -hmm. Oh gee, what do you know? Here are two countries willing to suspend global enforcement of intellectual property rights without our good friend gates. Yeah, uh, they don't want them working together in that way. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's the wrong yeah. kind of working together. All right. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. 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 Nailed it. In the current plan for a global vaccine deal, poor countries would receive only enough doses to inoculate twenty percent of their populations by the end of the next year. It's really interesting that that tracks with the Pareto principle. But anyway, some medical <laughs> some models show that there will not be enough vaccines to cover the entire world until twenty twenty four. Yikes. Yeah. Holy shit. Well, yeah, and it, it's, you know, it, I love that paragraph because it just gives up the whole game of what's actually happening here, which is for all the jerking off that we're going to hear about Bill Gates, it's let the poor die. That, it, that's this the is, plan. Look, this, what, what they're describing here is what we described in the early days of the pandemic here in America and in Washington State, where our government was, like, flailing until they could get, like, a story together. Right. And a plan and all agree with the press and the all the institutions all agree on a story for what was going on. And then they could reopen the economy and be like, yeah, it's all good now. And that's what I'm hearing here is like, look, the Gates Foundation and the World Health Organization, everybody is doing the stuff. We're going to have the answers when we're asked uh, why are people still dying? We're going to say, well, look, look at all this effort we put in. We have this giant plan. There's there's mile, you know, towers of documents. There's all these people have collaborated and we've got 20% of those populations inoculated and we're doing more at a slow pace. But it's clearly the best we could have done because, look, here we are, the experts and the rich people saying that it is because we put in the work. And, yeah, that's fucking grim. The consequence of longtime Gates strategies is that they go along with corporate control over supply, said Brooke Baker, a Northeastern University law professor and policy analyst for Health, Health Gap, which advocates equitable access to drugs. In a pandemic, that is a real problem. Meanwhile, officials from Mm, some countries participating in the vaccine initiative complained that they were barely consulted until recently. So they don't have a seat at uh, at Gates' table. (laughs) (laughs) They're pushing us, cornering us in order to make us pay. Juan Carlos Zavalos, Ecuador's health minister, said of the dealmakers, we don't have a choice about which vaccine we would like to use. It is whatever they impose on us. Yeah, I mean, this sounds great, right? Uh, The United States and Europe just going into the third world uh, in the middle of a pandemic and uh, telling them what, you know, drugs they can use, which ones they can have access to. What could go wrong? And on what, like, production timescale as well. Yeah, what could possibly go wrong? So now we get a rad heading, which is the bill chill. (laughs) Fuck. Gates became interested in immunizations in the late 1990s when he learned about autism. Okay, just kidding. (laughs) 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 while watching an episode of singled out in the 90s (laughs) when microsoft was facing an antitrust case that cast him as a modern day robber baron okay i just pause right here now this is where i'm putting i put my chip down when we talked about the gates foundation last time that the entire reason he created the gates foundation which i said which i said i couldn't prove but there was a lot of circumstantial evidence was basically to get out of this sort of uh uh uh, monopoly, uh, you know, trial he was essentially facing, right? And the monopoly charges that he was facing, right? Mm-hmm. And it just so By happened... waging a PR battle, essentially. Yeah, and I think that what ended up happening was he essentially brokered a deal with the American ruling class in a back room somewhere where he said, probably in a room with fucking, you know, 
assorted senators and probably Bill Clinton and probably fucking Rockefellers or whatever. And basically was like, okay, if I do this, will you, you know, lay off on some of these charges? And I'm just going to point out, I think this reporter agrees with me. Yeah. And not, <laughs> right? not, that's not to say that like the American ruling class was like, Bill, you need to do some good, you know, noblesse mm-hmm. oblige and all that. No, 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 no. It's this. They were like, Bill, we don't want to be doing this. We don't actually believe in antitrust laws. Mm-hmm. We think monopolies are good. We get it. We want you to do this. But you're too famous. Your product is too famous because mm-hmm. you're too successful on monopoly because you're also a direct-to-consumer monopoly, not even just to industry. You're in every fucking household and everyone knows you're a fucking monopoly and you're fucking people. It's too out in the open and it's too big. So the hammer, ha- you have to be made an example of. Mm-hmm. So if you want to get out of this, we'll drag it out and let the heat blow off a little bit in the meantime you need to wage a massive pr war like changing your image into a the world's greatest historical philanthropist so that when we quietly let the antitrust thing go away in a few years it, there isn't as much fucking pushback because yeah. you've changed your image well, uh, that's how america works yeah it's basically if a bunch of feudal lords like took a, a new knight aside and were like hey we know you got some more money coming your way and all that. You're a good earner. But instead of uh, lopping off the peasants' heads every time they get near you, uh, try winging a fucking coin at their head instead. <laughs> Just yeah. to lower the heat a little bit. Yeah. Right? You know, which is basically the conversation they have with the Enter the Gates Foundation. So I'm sure the Gates Foundation is going to do great work on this. Fuck, man. Vaccines involved creating new technology. His specialty. Their effect was measurable. Inexpensive doses could protect hundreds of millions against devastating disease. They were also about making deals. (laughs) Billy deals, man. Fuck, dude. (laughs) Many Western drug companies had stopped producing vaccines back then, finding them unprofitable. But through his giving, Gates helped create a new business model involving subsidies, advanced market commitments, and volume guarantees. This is basically sounding like the... uh, the joke song from Mary Poppins that's just dunking on <laughs> capitalism. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 100%. I, I love that it's called, you know, it, it's hard to tell. I mean, I, I think the writer's opinion of the Gates Foundation comes out in this article, but I love this through his giving and then just going like, and by giving, what I really mean is uh, paying lobbyists to give subsidies <laughs> to pharmaceutical <laughs> companies uh, while also uh, like making countries in the third world give advanced commitments to purchase huge amounts of drugs that probably won't fucking work. Oh my God, know? dude. But, yeah. I want to see this fail so bad. We were joking off air about um, what it's going to be like when like president G makes us makes America's ruling class bow down to him. But like, Holy shit, this is, could be a major backfire for the American Imperium and for neoliberal neoliberalism in general. If the entire fucking developing world is being asked to jump through these hoops and like wait in line for this, for these fucking vaccines for years and China and fucking, I, I I'm waiting for Cuba to become a player in this vaccine game as well. Um, like, oh. but with chi- Chinese men, certainly Chinese, I mean, they may not need to like with China as they're developing them and they're going to have the production capacity. Like, you know, like, you know, there's not going to be any question of China being able to vaccinate its entire fucking population and then be like, well, I mean, we could turn off the factories producing the vaccines or you could all have them for free. Yeah. And just just once and for all break. That could be something that that could be such a hammer stroke to the like the like Atlantic world's fucking stranglehold on the gl- on global like international relations and economy. Like, well, like part of, really like a masterstroke yeah, against I mean, America and, and not out of the question. Cause part of China's belt and road strategy was that they literally uh, created an alternative to the world bank and the IMF yeah. through which they would lend to third world countries or whatever at rates far below and with, you know, requisites far less onerous than the IMF and world bank did. And, you know, for those who study U.S. history... Without the fucking, like, mm-hmm. the neoliberal... Yeah, yeah, like, that's what I mean, like... Like, shock therapy owners. constraints, you yep. know? Like, like here, we'll give you this money so you can keep going and develop a little, but you have to destroy your economy and your fucking yeah. state, basically. Yeah, and this is actually, you know, for those who are uh, real U.S. history nerds, uh, this is literally how the U.S. pried away the British Empire as well. Because <laughs> they just went in and were like, hey, step arm from those guys, borrow from us, Right. We'll give you a better rate. We'll give you know, and you know the U.S. warmed its way and all these things. But you know, China could very easily you know continue to build that goodwill. Uh, one of the things Obama bragged about after he left office was that at the last big climate conference of his uh, administration, China had actually held a separate meeting 
where they talk to countries in the third world and like, look, you know, America, Europe, they're going to hang your ass out to dry. You should side with us. All right. Like we'll support green technologies. We'll help fund them and all that stuff for you guys. So you don't get left in the cold when these guys fuck you ultimately. And Obama very proudly, uh, bragged about how he broke in on the meeting and basically broke it all up and ruined it <laughs> to ensure that of course that we would continue on the freight train off the climate change cliff but uh oh, fucking prick oh he's such a piece of shit such a fucking piece of shit uh anyways if you guys want to hear that by the way just listen to his interview on mark maron's podcast him and mark maron think this is the funniest fucking story they've ever heard and they just laugh and laugh but uh but yeah it's um you know trying to come out and basically just be like hey you know, we have the vaccine, we have the production capability. You know, fuck those guys in the West. Bill Gates you, just wants you know, to force you to buy it from Burma. Building factories for the yeah. purpose of creating this vaccine. Literally, yeah. they already have them. Like, we know they're developing several. They've got multiple, like, probably massive teams. They're probably putting more money into it than the World Health Organization. Yeah. More people. And he, what? Yeah, what are they not going to vaccinate the world? Is that somehow not going to happen? How, like, mm. they're going to, these fucking developing my prediction is these developing countries will be getting a Chinese vaccine while I am still waiting for one in America (laughs) with all the deals that were struck by the U S government and Western governments and the Gates foundation. Like they, they will, the rest of the world's going to tell the WHO and the Gates foundation to go fuck itself. And they're going to take fucking uh, Chinese. And I'm, I'm still holding out for Cuban vaccines. Yeah. I, I would love to take the, the eventual Cuban vaccine. That would be great. Yeah. Yeah. They're pretty good at that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I will point out that it is funny listening to all these people talk about Bill Gates in the same way, like Donald Trump talks about himself too, or like he's a real deals guy. Like he makes yeah. the, he gets the good deals Fucking awesome. as opposed to the bad deals. Just in case people thought that Donald Trump was some aberration amongst rich people. <laughs> yeah. Well, what else? I mean, they have to, that when you don't do anything else, you have to like invent, you know, mm-hmm. a va- and it's like, Oh yeah. I, we 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 got an agreement together. We got someone to shake hands on making money. <laughs> you want to make some money? Yeah, I do too. Hey, deal. Yeah. <laughs> deal. Wow, wow, that was fucking hard. The incentives drew in more manufacturers, including ones from the developing world, resulting in many more life-saving vaccinations. He brought a technocratic expertise and power rather than a discourse of human rights and activism, said Manjari Mahajan, an associate professor of international affairs at the New School, who has written about Gates's role in public health. His foundation has spent more than $16 billion on vaccine programs, one quarter of that going to Gavi, and given $2.25 billion to the Global Fund to fight AIDS, tuberculosis, and malaria. Both organizations are based in Geneva, where the WHO has its headquarters. With a $100 million initial pledge, Gates helped create the Coalition for Epidemic Preparedness Innovations in Oslo, Norway. <laughs> Fuck, man. There are just oh, so yeah. many nouns coming at me right now. I know. <laughs> Let, let's just get the name of this organization one more time. It's so fucking beautiful. Coalition for the Willing... No, just kidding. Coalition <laughs> for Epidemic Preparedness Innovations. First off... What the fuck? It doesn't even mean anything. That is pure fucking gibberish. But I love that (laughs) this is because Bill Gates, we joke about Seattle mindset, but Bill Gates has Seattle mindset too. So he's like, throw innovation in the title. Like, I feel like they had just the first three words and then he's like, "Mm." and then somebody just put innovation. He's like, yes, yes. Give me that one. (laughs) I mean, this is like that fucking China article. Wait, have we read that yet? (laughs) No. No. We will. So, so we're going to get to this, I think, when we talk to our friend Matt later. But that China, that article in Bloom, the Bloomberg article on China that everyone was ragging on was this shit about like, yeah, sure, the Chinese are going to like come up with some great vaccines, but are they really truly innovative? And <laughs> uh, it's like, yeah, the Seattle mindset is permeating the fucking world through people like Bill Gates and the foundation. And it, to the point where like, to ju- I guess to justify their the wealth and the power, you know, you've got to either make deals or innovate because just fucking doing something is just like beyond our imagination. Just getting it done, just doing the job. Like as soon as this started, the Chinese were like, "Yeah, let's just let's we need to do this." So great, get up, get a million people working on a vac, uh, multiple angles of a vaccine. Start building factories capacity because the entire world's probably going to need this. Certainly, our one. You know, what, once you can, in a reasonable time, vaccinate 1.4 billion people. The economy of scale of that suggests mm-hmm. that uh, in the about three weeks after that, you can do the whole globe. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that's how like economies of scale work. If they can yeah. make the capacity to vaccinate one uh, sixth of the planet, yeah, they can do the whole planet in a, a short time after that. You know, 
Yeah. Um, mind you, like, uh, we're never going to get that here, but, you know. Yeah. Well, and it is one of those interesting things because the real sort of, uh, you know, big piece or card in, you know, that area is India. It's, you know, India is kind of aligned with the U.S. against China at this point. But uh, it's going to be really hard to calm down those malice insurgencies in the Indian countryside when Xi shows up and he's like, hey, you can get this uh, free COVID vaccine from us. Or you can keep waiting for that one from Bill Gates that don't worry, he's going to charge you for. <laughs> you know, it, yeah, that it could lead to some interesting international situations. Yeah, yeah, well, who knows? I mean, you know, India, I don't know. I mean, you know, India is probably as fucked up as the United States right now. They have like an insane fucking right wing government. India is a country that could easily develop and produce a quality vaccine for its, popu- its massive population wow. in a similar time frame to China. But like, as we're going to find out, Greg, India will produce a vaccine. Where it goes, though, that's a different question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oof, that's dark. That's a, yep. that's really dark. Ooh. So the Coalition for Epidemic Preparedness Innovations is investing in drugs and experimental vaccines. The Coalition and Gavi are leading the coronavirus vaccine effort with the WHO. And so Gavi is just another what, a fucking institute, right, that does... Uh, vaccine it basically focuses on vaccination and stuff like that that by the way uh is a spore off of the gates foundation they gave it its initial funding and i think still give it the bulk of its funding yikes the ripped yeah, off uh the creature that was made from the ripped off piece of rib <laughs> basically what we're gonna find is this whole system is like horrifyingly inbred <laughs> the foundation which has about 1600 employees also funded academic researchers <laughs> installed its executives on the boards of multiple nonprofits and directly invested in drug companies. So it's literally just, uh, you know, village of the damned or whatever. It just drones, <laughs> send out the drones everywhere. Some public health officials disagreed with Gates's priorities, arguing that he should have directed more money to health systems. Others worried about a private individual wielding so much influence, <laughs> but few people publicly criticized his foundation. Fearful. Refreshing to just hear a phrase like that in the New York Times, frankly. Yeah. yeah. Fearful of losing its support. That self-censorship was so widespread, it acquired a nickname, the Bill Chill. Yeah, and basically they're referencing what they just talked about in the paragraph above, right? Which is, uh, do you want funding for your academic research? You have to go through Bill Gates. Do you want to work for one of these you know, international groups through the World Health Organization? Don't does... have a podcast that shits on Bill Gates. Yeah, you know, that money comes through Bill Gates. That basically, Bill Gates has set himself up as like the node through which all the money flows. So you basically have to defer to him. The guy who we began this whole article off by saying is not a scientist, a doctor, or medical expert, public health expert. But here we are. What if he was? Still not good. Doesn't fucking matter. Still not good. At times, frictions were evident with the WHO, the United Nations agency charged with international public health. Gates felt frustrated with what he viewed as the organization's rigid bureaucracy and constraints on dealing with the private sector. Some at the WHO had concerns about his growing reach, The malaria division chief complained in a 2007 memo that the foundation's growing dominance of malaria research was stifling a diversity of viewpoints among scientists and undercutting the agency. The same year, the foundation began building up an institute that rivaled the WHO's role in health metrics. The Gates Foundation presence has been, at best, an adjunct to WHO and, at worst, a hostile takeover and a usurpation, said Amir Ataran, a University of Ottawa professor of law and medicine. Today, the foundation and the WHO stress their mutual respect for each other. Publicly, Gates has made a point of praising the agency. I can't think of anything that we disagree with them on, he said in, it, he said in, a, in the interview. Officials from the agency, which receives hundreds of millions of dollars annually from the foundation, its second largest donor, said Gates had helped it become more efficient. Gates pushes the science, pushes for the answers, because that's a little bit of that private sector mentality said Dr. Bruce Aylward, senior advisor to the WHO's director general. Oh, that makes that makes it make sense. Yeah. Because why would the WHO want answers or science? I mean, mm-hmm. this is fucking gibberish. Well, I love it because basically they say that Gates initially had this problem with the World Health Organization because it was and then like he gave them money. Yeah. Yeah. And then he bought them. Yeah. And now he literally <laughs> is. I mean, think, look, 
Bruce Aylward, that's such nonsense. He just said that he doesn't fucking believe that no. shit. But he has to fucking like prostrate himself in front of, you know, right, Emperor Gates or else he'll be beheaded. Who wrote that 2007 memo. No mm-hmm. follow up on him, I'm guessing. Notice his name isn't there because he's gone from yeah. the planet, probably. Yeah, he's if he's not dead, he's his career is not where it was. Yeah. I'll tell you that. He's the first person that Gates put in like the trials for developing COVID-19. It's <laughs> <laughs> patient zero. <laughs> All right, so we've reached another header here. Capitalism at work. The Gates Foundation... This is is getting spicy. It is getting spicy. Which is why it would never be from the Seattle Times and surprising from the New York Times, though. The Gates Foundation employs former pharmaceutical executives in its top ranks, including Dr. Trevor Mundell, who had been global head of development at Novartis, and Emilio Emini, previously a senior vice president of vaccine research at Pfizer. Working with the Coalition for Epidemic Preparedness Innovations... (laughs) They helped steer money into COVID-19 vaccine candidates and biotechnologies that could be quickly manufactured and suitable for the developing world. All the while, the United States and other countries were striking their own deals with vaccine makers, even before they got regulatory approval. There was some overlap between the global initiative and the U.S. effort called Operation Warp Speed. AstraZeneca, Novavax, and Sanofi made commitments to both. Gates was quick to praise the U.S. government's enormous investment in expediting coronavirus vaccines, saying it would benefit everyone. But the more that countries lock down bilateral deals, the longer the rest of the world would have to wait for doses. So again, I mean, a lot of words basically just explaining that Bill Gates is coordinating with various states the uh, essentially the profits of the pharmaceutical industry, right? Bringing them all in creating these agreements, deciding what kind of technologies and what kind of, you know, vaccines they're going to focus on, and then brokering the deals with states to give them the windfall profits. Well, and also the, you know, first world states are brokering their own independent Mm -hmm. deals with these pharmaceutical companies. You know, fucking cluster, circle jerk, basically. So that they get them first, you know, which the fucked up thing about that is, I mean, I mean, that's awful. Like, obviously, like a global communist approach to this would be better. That that goes without saying and goes for literally everything. But uh, I, I still believe that despite the fact that the U.S. has made these deals, the Trump administration, let's keep in mind, has made these deals with uh, pharmaceutical companies to be first in line to get some of these vaccines. I, I still think fucking, you know, I, I would bet on the poorest people in the poorest countries in the world getting vaccinated before me because America's that we're seeing that America is that fucked up and America is not going to take help from people like China when they are like, listen, we've great. We're done here. We've, we're still cranking out vaccines. Let's go global population. Yeah. When Gates foundation too, has always been, you know, kind of focused on this idea of creating like next gen medicines and stuff like that too. Stuff that inherently has more lead time because you're trying to create, you know, groundbreaking, you know, delivery methods and stuff like that, as opposed to just making something that works. There's literally a pandemic now. Yeah. Like, there's literally a raging pandemic now. And some would say, oh, that's his, uh, you know, Silicon Valley tech industry uh, disruption mentality. But the reality is like much more crass, which is just that when you make a quote unquote groundbreaking technology, there's just a lot more patents, patents and copyrights yeah. to hold on it. Right. And there's yeah. a, that's where the money is when it comes to medicine. Right. Is strict copyright and patent enforcement. And, you know, that's why. You know, China's going to have their vaccine yeah, first exclusive while rights. we wait. <laughs> exclusive rights, fucking gold that you can sell. But mm. what's fucking stupid about that is like, yeah, in the tech world, yeah, the newer, better technology comes out and it does make in computers, in fucking the internet and shit. Yeah, it makes the older technology obsolete because it's better. But in, a, in medical technology, mm. all that matters for this vaccine is that it fucking works. So yeah. if they, if all what's, again, just predict i i'm not predicting this part of it necessarily like but a, an awesome way to watch a bunch of a handful of some of these pharmaceutical pharmaceutical companies in the gates foundation who are developed trying to develop these highfalutin new age uh, uh nanotech whatever <laughs> fucking new kinds of vaccines uh would be to see them just eat shit when there's just way cheaper vaccines based mm-hmm. on old vaccine technology that a lot of the rest of the world and companies are pursuing because why wouldn't you we know how to make fucking vaccines like yeah this is just a new virus you just need to do the work put the work in like they started pretty early it's just it just takes time there's probably within like 
weeks of the coronavirus being discovered, there was like the beginnings in labs in petri dishes of the vaccine that will ultimately like be used on people. It just takes time to find the specific one that actually works without hurting people and is effective. And what would be awesome to see is some of these companies and the Gates Foundation eat shit in this global market for vaccines because their vaccine is expensive and sucks. <laughs> and there's all these cheap, normal ass old school vaccines going around out of other companies wherever, including China. Yeah. And it's, it, you know, it reminds me of if you ever like pushed for socialized medicine or anything like that, particularly in the pre Bernie era, one of the pushbacks you'd always get was like, well, oh. you know, the private U.S. healthcare system leads the world in, med you know, leads the way in medical technologies and things like we that. Need, this, this they need to make all that bullshit. money so they because they put it into how are they going to develop those dick pill drugs? Well, yes. Yeah, exactly. When people used to just, you know, argue like straight facedly that like that's a good right. Like we have the most high tech like healthcare system there is. And, you know, maybe that's true. Maybe it's not. But the one thing you can't argue against is. It obviously has no impact on, you know, at least a positive impact on health outcomes in the United States, which are the worst in the industrial world. So, again, it, it highlights what's actually going on here, which has nothing to do with what we might think of as normal idiot peons is the actual function of health and public health, healthcare, et cetera, which is to make people better and to hopefully prevent them from dying. What's actually this is about is patents and little fiefdoms of, you know, patent control that allow these companies to just pry money out of people. And, you know, that's what the Gates Foundation is at its heart. Yeah. I'm not sure if either one of you saw this because we didn't talk about about it, um, but there was a article in Defector that took a similar argument against Hyperloop, and it was pretty good. I'd recommend it. It was called Virgin Hyperloop Has Invented the World's Crappiest High-Speed Rail. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's the thrust of it. It's exactly the same, that this is some pathology that, for some reason, Americans need to spend all their points on researching technology at the expense of Instead just solving of just the problem. Infrastructure, mm -hmm. yeah. 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 No. Look, that. yeah, that's the whole... that. That is being laid bare before our eyes, man. Like, you know, in find, you know, investigating new fucking vaccine technologies is great for the fucking next pandemic. My God, like, mm -hmm. but like it's a side project to actually doing the work. Well, when there's a know? fucking raging pandemic, why would you put the idea you would be trying to invent a new exciting vaccine technology for COVID nineteen is fundamentally stupid and insane. And any and any in a in a again a, a better communist uh, world health system if some factory some you know lab put forward like a proposal to like create an m an mrna vaccine that had never been tried before because it's probably the next gen technology and vaccines while there's a pandemic raging you would tell them to shut the fuck up nope <laughs> back of the line come back with a proposal after i hear every other one and yeah. you're not going to get picked don't even bother that's <laughs> your funding is cut go fuck yourself like we just need to get through this. Like we need a, we need vaccines now. We need to start being able to make them now. You don't need to invent mm -hmm. the technology because to then, fuck, man, like it's insane. But yeah. whatever. During the pandemic, Latin America has suffered one third of the world's deaths. Africa has now passed two million cases. Quarantines and trade shutdowns have hit poor countries especially hard. Where not working often means not eating. Some public health advocates and on-the-ground providers like Doctors Without Borders thought Gates was doing too little to, to pursue equitable access to vaccines and was too aligned with the pharmaceutical industry. Part of what they like about him is he's protecting their way of life. James Love, director of Knowledge, Ecolo Knowledge Ecology International, a nonprofit that works to expand access to medical technology set of Gates and drug industry executives, because this message is always, Big Pharma is awesome. <laughs> yeah, James Love. He gets it. <laughs> he and others believe that vaccine makers would not maximize production for the developing world, especially when rich countries were clamoring for doses because it wouldn't serve their bottom line. India and South Africa, in asking the World Trade Organization not to enforce coronavirus-related intellectual property rights, were seeking a way to wrest control of vaccines from big companies and ramp up local manufacturing. Kenya, Mozambique, Pakistan, and Eswatini, formerly Swaziland, recently signed on as co-sponsors to the request, with dozens of other countries expressing support. But Gates, Which is great, because their opinion actually means nothing in the World Trade Organization. <laughs> uh, the G7 can just shoot that shit down, or the G8 can shoot that shit down, but whatever. But yeah, I mean, we, we, when you see the alignment of forces here, right, the first world on one side and the third world on the other, pretty uh, easy to see what's going on here. Well, like this whole, like, you know deals arrangement that they're trying to work out like is based on a 
mode of production that is like the, of which scarcity is a factor, right? Like mm-hmm. th- this doesn't have to be this way at all. Like we could even, even within, uh, I mean, we can't because these they're the, the people in power have the prerogatives they do, but like, you know, if uh, the world elite wanted to make a decision to like, uh, well, let's just like do the right thing here. You could make, you could produce vaccines for everybody and get this shit over with, uh, in pretty short order once, uh, safe vaccines are developed, but they're just like from the outset, like the understanding is that's not going to happen. We're going to slowly milk the money out of this over time. And, you know, getting the money out of this does not include like rapidly blasting out, a you know, 8 billion vaccines for the entire world. That's just not going to, that's not how the game works for our profits. So we're going to do it slowly. And now we just figure out who, who needs to die first. But Gates and many public health experts thought that most companies were taking laudable steps to help ensure access, such as nonprofit pricing and licensing of their technology to other manufacturers. They argued that drug makers wouldn't take on the costly process of creating new products if their lucrative patents were jeopardized and that their control over their vaccines would ensure quality and safety. This capitalism thing, there actually are some domains that actually works in, Gates said. North Korea doesn't have that many vaccines, as far as we can tell. Got him. Yeah, no, I mean, the funny part about that is that uh, North Korea also doesn't have a massive COVID-19 outbreak either. You know, uh, granted, they don't have a lot of things also, um, but he doesn't use China as an example. No, no, that's what I was about to say, too, because the funny part is forget China, too. How about a small, tiny island that has been under siege for 50 fucking years from the largest actually is military power? Unlike fucking China. Yeah. Yeah. Unlike North Korea. Right. But is an actual it has been besieged by the largest military power in human history and did this weird thing. Yeah. Created an infant AIDS vaccine. Weird that he doesn't want to bring up Cuba. Interesting. I wonder if there's some sort of motivation there. But yeah. You know they're going to come out with a baller vaccine, like a, an awesome vaccine. Like the one you want to take, I would trust the Cuban vaccine yeah. over anything. Yeah, yeah. I 100% will work. I would trust they make one, it's a gonna Cuban work. doctor over any, I would trust any day. But yeah, I mean, and again, you know, hilariously putting off some of the stuff too of the, you know, the, with the North Korea example that I guess we're all supposed to be scared of. But at the same time too, it's like, your country, the one you live in, that's the one that's fucking this up, right? Like, it's your country is the petri dish of the fucking planet that is has COVID fucking raging in it, who's never even had it remotely under control at any moment. Like, Or even tried. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. How about Just that? shut the fuck up. <laughs> you know? Shut the fuck up. But hey, man, he's a citizen of the world. Or yeah. excuse me, he's a god among men, is what <laughs> I meant to say. <laughs> Yeah, just one other thing to add. It rocks that he picked a country that is actively under sanctions and basically has had their been hamstrung in any mm-hmm. way to develop an economy. Or yeah, he might as well yeah. have said like uh, Iraq doesn't have many vaccines yeah. in development, or Gaza, like, as far as we know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yes, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Holy shit! And again, I mean, North Korea's taking steps that I would not suggest as far as preventing COVID, but. You don't have to take it from them. You can you know, read reports on the CSIS, which is like a psychopathic American imperial fucking think tank. Uh, they have not had a big outbreak. So again, shut the fuck up. Your country is the one that fucking is, you know, not only uh, rampant with COVID, but it's the, probably the number one source of its international spread. So, yeah. Yeah. Fuck you, Bill Gates. <laughs> and fuck you, America. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. This is that portion of the show where we <laughs> once again call for the destruction of the state. Yeah. yeah. All right, next heading, acting like a lobbyist. Bill Gates had a long record of getting rich countries to provide funding for public health initiatives to poorer countries. From Merkel to McConnell, politicians saw him as a steward of public dollars with a nose for good investments. He's a sweet little (laughs) truffle pig. (laughs) He's like, uh, (laughs) yeah, he's got a nose for investments, like a a Jeffrey Epstein. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, I love it. it. Just reeks of like the criminality of the 2008 financial crash. But yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> he has immediate access to us because of his fame and reputation and what he's doing with his own money. McConnell, the Senate Majority Leader, said in an interview. <laughs> just unbelievable. Holy shit. 
in many of these countries, he's way more effective than the government is, and that's certainly value added for public health all over the world. Well, let's take it from the turtle in the Senate. Take it from yeah. one of the key figures in the empire, the global empire that has had made world governments so fucking ineffective. Yeah, and also one of the most odious political figures in a country that's produced the most odious political figures on the planet. I mean, just astonishing. Leaders of wealthy countries were asked not only to help fund the initiative, which was supporting development of nine potential vaccines, but also to buy doses for their own populations. Among the nine was a version from, from Moderna, which recently announced impressive clinical trial results. As the dealmakers framed it, even nations that already had commitments from vaccine makers would benefit by diversifying. Yeah, have you, have either of you diversified your vaccine portfolio? <laughs> what I like is what they're implying here, too, is that, uh, hey, I know you've already like struck, uh, you know, deals, you know, exclusive deals with various uh, pharmaceuticals. How about you buy up all the rest of the supply as well? <laughs> you know? Companies either would charge all countries the same price or set tiered prices for low, middle and high income nations. <laughs> Any could bow out if the price exceeded twenty one dollars per dose. Poor countries could get cheap, subsidized doses for up to 20% of their populations by the end of next year. But the wealthier nations could sign up for more. Hell yeah. I'm glad we're going to means test the vaccine. <laughs> Pay to win, man. <laughs> Clemens Martin Auer, a chief, negotiator for the, a chief negotiator for the European Union, balked, believing that the global vaccine deal was moving too slowly, that prices would be too high, and that Europe could do better negotiating on its own. I think the Gates Foundation has, in many respects, a very practical approach when they say this has to be done in a private-public business partnership, he said. But I sometimes have my impression that the Gates Foundation doesn't understand how well-organized governments work. <laughs> Zing. Yeah, got us. With so many <laughs> attention on wealthy nations, there was little consultation with those the effort was intended to help most. It wasn't until the fall that lower-income countries learned they would have to pay $1.60 or $2 per dose, a significant price that would require some to secure bank loans or grants. Oh, weird. I wonder when they go to get those bank loans, who they're going to get them from. Right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is... This is modern imperialism, right? You know, you use things like copyright law and patent law to essentially force these like onerous prices that are only high because of these horrifying regimes, uh, copyright regimes. You force countries to buy things at these onerous prices when they don't have the money to buy it. You then force them to take loans, of course, from you naturally at rates that'll be of your choosing with conditions of your choosing. Right. And you see how this sort of process just continues to spiral down and down. And it's, I mean, it's fucking disgusting. It's fucking gross. That and this idea of like selling at $2 a dose, you know, in the United States, you're like, well, I paid $2 for a COVID vaccine. And you forget that for huge chunks of the world, you know, $2 a day is like the wage, you know? Yeah. So imagine paying a day's fucking wages, which maybe at this point you'd be willing to do, but you also are, uh, you know, living hand to mouth and starving, right? You know, like you're, you're living paycheck to paycheck in the yeah. way that these people are. But yeah. It's going to be subsidized, yes, but countries still have to budget for their copay amount, said Chizaba Barbara Wanodi. <laughs> Literally bringing the American healthcare system to the world. Yeah. The, uh, well, it's like, it's also, it's not ultimately going to be about the cost. Like, yes, probably at the end of the day, like the end user cost in a lot of places is going to be reasonable, right? But it's when are they going to fucking get it, man? Mm -hmm. And who has paid out, what has their government paid out a fucking to get them that four years from now. That's what the cost is. That's what they're talking about right there is the where cost is, the is what they would have put on debt. the government. Yes. Yeah. Where, where, how have they driven these governments in further into debt to the fucking IMF and the world bank, uh, to cover, to get these $2 vaccines to people fucking in 2024, you know? Yeah. So that was the Nigeria, the Nigeria director at the Johns Hopkins international vaccine access center who continued. So they need to be at the table when those discussions are made. Some middle-income countries have also felt squeezed, asked to pay prices in a higher tier with little say as to what they would get or when they would get it. Zavalos, the Ecuadorian health minister, said he had spoken with fellow ministers in the region about raising concerns through their presidents. They say, you don't get to choose, but you pay. Zavalos said, I'm disappointed. With coronavirus cases multiplying worldwide, Gates said there would be one simple way to judge the global vaccine initiative. When did we stop the pandemic? That's the thing this all needs to be measured by. Yeah, and again, I mean, as the article pointed out over and over again, 
when did we stop the pandemics? We have a different answer depending on whether your country is poor or rich, right? If it's poor, well, that's going to be well into the future. If it's rich, maybe it'll be sooner, but we'll see, right? We and, still haven't fucking stamped out polio in this in the globe, right? Yeah. So 70 years from now, there's still going to be COVID in some places, okay? Mm-hmm. Because that's how the world works. Yeah, and I, mean, I, I think there's good evidence in this sort of article too, right? That the idea is not even about stomping out COVID or anything like that. The idea is about one, again, patent regimes. But the other thing is about tying up these countries and debt obligations and things like that, right? To make them, you know, uh, more uh, susceptible or more, uh, you know, friendly to American rule uh, over them. It's, uh, it's a horrifying article. <laughs> I'm glad I can, glad we can share it with everybody for Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's always nice to check in on the Gates Foundation. It's no surprise that they're at the center of uh, the current hell we're living in. And they're really uh, our best hope. Well, maybe our second best hope. Here's holding out for President Xi. So speaking of the Seattle Sucks cosmology, uh, for the last two Thanksgiving specials, which I encourage people to go back and listen to, we have really been, are the best work. We've they're done. so it, long. And so good. Okay. And we have taken on in both of them the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Okay. Us alone have the strength, the will, the uh, dedication to truth and justice. The capacity to, to huff our own farts. To look into the Gates Foundation. And, you know, we have always said that they are a force for evil in the world. Uh, this last yeah. Thanksgiving, we did predict that they would f- completely fuck up <laughs> this uh, vaccine distribution, particularly I for people we, in the third we world. We predicted that uh, they would uh, deliberately do genocide because... Um, Gates himself is a Malthusian who would like all the poor people and especially Africans of the world to die. I think that's what we predict. No, yeah. like it's not a fuck up. Like it was like this is what yeah. they planned, right? Oh, and and we will be talking about that today. Well, wouldn't you know it that a story came across the freak desk Ooh. that uh, about Oxford University, the Gates Foundation, and AstraZeneca. And let me just read some quick little excerpts for everybody here. Oxford University surprised and pleased advocates of overhauling the vaccine business in April by promising to donate the rights to its promising coronavirus vaccine to any drug maker. The idea was to provide medicines preventing or treating COVID-19 at a low cost or free of charge, the British University said. For all we've talked about how every part of this uh, global vaccine rollout, how absolutely despicable it is. What we talked about in the Thanksgiving episode was the way that the Gates Foundation has, you know, operated to control and use its position as just, you know, very rich guy who people like because he's supposedly a philanthropist and who has all this experience doing like health work in Africa, uh, which we know is actually just, you know, basically trying to lower African birth rates. In all that, the group at Oxford had apparently made a very and announced to the world a very sort of straightforward moral decision, a sort of basic thing that, but of course, you know, our drugs in America are made by there. These are for-profit companies. And that's what we're seeing Bill Gates organize on a global scale is these for-profit companies in a way that is squeezing as much of the juice out of this shit as they possibly can to enrich themselves. But at Oxford, they said, they came to the very like obvious conclusion. This a publicly funded university developing this shit with massive public funds saying like, obviously we have to make this open source so that anyone in the world could produce it. Meaning countries around the world can use their homegrown pharmaceutical industries, even their state run industries, whoever to produce these things. So that it's not in the control of a handful of big American and like, Crowd pharmaceutical companies who can control the supply and go like, oh, we're making them as fast as we can. No, they could have produced it around the world for cheap. And that might have gotten us out of this crisis. That's the obvious conclusion they came to. The inescapable thing 
obviously they had to do in light of their position and the crisis we're in. Well, let's hear what happened. Yeah, please. So a few weeks later, Oxford, urged on by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, reversed course. It signed an exclusive vaccine deal with AstraZeneca that gave the pharmaceutical giant sole rights and no guarantee of low prices, with the less publicized potential for Oxford to eventually make millions from the deal and win plenty of prestige. And uh, shocking turn of events here. AstraZeneca is undersupplying or basically is not producing as much as it claimed it would uh, for the EU market and for just markets generally. And the end result is they're essentially going to have to give the vast bulk of their supply to the EU. And once again, the third world is going to be cut out of vaccine distribution as predicted. But this is exactly what we talked about in the Thanksgiving episode, which is the Gates Foundation's main concern is protecting patent rights and protecting, you know, or protecting copyright law when it comes to pharmaceuticals. And that's exactly what happened in this case with predictable results. Yeah. And the joke of this is like whatever AstraZeneca promised in this deal that they made with Oxford saying, we're, you know what, we're going to produce this, uh, give us the sole rights. We're going to give you a huge royalty, whatever would have, even if they had lived up to that number, would have dwarfed the potential for an open source vaccine to, to hit fucking, vac- you know, small drug manufacturers around the world. And what what's going to come of it? Do we think like Oxford's going to back out of the deal just because now AstraZeneca's not holding up their end of the bargain? I, I fucking doubt it. So what we have here is the Gates Foundation, like we knew they were controlling all this on a global level using the gates cachet to like go like yeah we're gonna or we're gonna decide who lives and who dies we're gonna decide what countries and who gets what vaccines and spread it out so it's all fair but of course it means you know africa doesn't get it till 2024 which will probably be 2028 but really with this we see like what they're like it's operating basically as a global pharmaceutical cartel of which gates foundation is the cutout that is operating Uh, on the political stage to stamp out competition. None of these, they don't have to compete with each other because they're all being assigned countries to sell to. And the thing that would have undercut the price uh, of vaccines around the world from these pharmaceutical companies, an open source vaccine done that. So he's done the biggest thing he could possibly do. And it's, and now we're going to live with it. Very cool. (laughs) <laughs> or not live that's the other cool part yeah yeah i mean it, it kind of goes back to this thing that we talked about on the show a couple of times too which is i don't think that any wealthy person is too upset about the end result of the covid19 pandemic which is that it's killing lots of poor people like i said i mean the long and the short of it which came up in the new york times article we read on the thanksgiving episode is that the function of the gates foundation is to provide a suitable cover for the pharmaceutical industry to maintain its control over patents and copyright law so that it might be able to control the distribution of pharmaceuticals in order to funnel the profits into these few companies. Now, one of the things that was horrifying about that was that the Gates Foundation actually lined up these Indian production plants to produce the COVID vaccine, right? So they lined up these pharmaceutical production plants in India, uh, ironically for the west right so they would produce the covid vaccine for the west and people in india would not get access to it until some unknown time down the road and it 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 is we talked about how the tesla bitcoin stuff that we're just doing 1890s grifts again but this is literally just, 19th century imperialism yeah, colonialism. grift yeah, yeah. <laughs> colonialism it's just, it's just so extraction gross. yeah it's yeah. just colonial extraction mm-hmm which when you pair that with Bill Gates' opinion that he stated many times that the problem with Africa is there's too many Africans and the problem with India is there's too many Indians, you know, it's hard not to put those things together and just say that, like, look, the reason why he doesn't care that this is going to lead to obviously large amounts of deaths is that he doesn't care about any of these fucking people. Just not even a part of his calculation. Just right out the fucking way. Doesn't give a shit. Uh, Well, and like, the it's not as if uh oxford didn't know when they first announced i mean it's it's tempting to go to look at the money that oxford is going to make okay obviously sure that's a part of their calculation 
but it's not that they it's not like they didn't know that 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 was a possible deal when they announced originally that they were going to open source it right Mm -hmm. like they know those are their options license it to a drug manufacturer and make bank and royalties or open source it and they chose they they made that calculation already to lose that those billions of dollars because it's clearly the right thing to do because the position they were in they looked around like even if they even if even if it hurt maybe they're uh, maybe the people who made that decision are also scumbags who don't really care but they look they looked around and saw the politics of it and thought ugh we're a public institution people are going to expect us to do this was all funded by public money they're going to expect us to give this away i guess that's what we have to do so that means that the function that bill gates served in this scenario was to give them cover to either convince them or give them cover and really both to privatize it to keep it in the cartel of drug manufacturers yeah. to keep the price up well, so he got to go in there because he's bill gates because he has this cachet of the world's greatest philanthropist to go in and talk to them like the guy in charge of global vaccine distribution and say listen i'm gonna give you this cover i'm gonna go out and say you're doing the right thing by cooperating with our program by i'm giving it my imprimatur and you're gonna benefit from this too and that's what you need to do because I'm in charge of the world vaccine distribution because I'm rich. I mean, it's that simple. It's it is that simple and so sad. Yeah, yeah, and I think that there's a there's a second sort of ideological goal here, which is kind of like the Democrats dragging their feet on you know giving out checks or whatever to help get people through uh, quarantine. You know, one of the big reasons that's been stated over and over again, and actually several Democrats have just stated openly is they don't want to just give checks out to people because then people might get it in their head that the government could give them checks, right? Like, they don't have to live in poverty. They don't have to take awful jobs. That the state could actually give them relief. And I think a similar thing is happening here, which is if Oxford does just release that as open source, lets anybody use it, it's introducing the idea that pharmaceuticals don't have to have a stranglehold totally on yeah. yeah on patent rights and things like that in order to produce drugs it's one of the main reasons we've and been Gates told stepped for years, in to stop that yeah it's one of the main reasons we've been told for years in america that we can't have public health care yeah yep because exactly. why yeah. why drug prices have to be so high right because in america dumbest country on earth they tell so us dumb. hey you know yeah those the drug companies have to make money because that's how we have all the miracle drugs that you can't afford. <laughs> you asshole, you piece of shit. Yeah, that's yeah, why you're dick how... up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Right. And of course, yeah, that's yeah, you ask where the miracle drugs are and you can't all, find them, but all it's all all real drug research is funded at public universities. And we know that these people do the last like few steps on basic research. That includes both all the vaccines they're doing now as well as uh, even the fancy new mRNA vaccine. That's, you know, decades of research that was funded yeah, at public funded. universities that someone's doing the last step on, you know, to like make a marketable drug out of. And it's total bullshit. It's like the entire rest of our economy. It's desi- And our whole system is designed to just funnel money upward. And we're told that we need that so that we can have all these drugs that, yeah. you know, these fancy drugs that, you know, huge portions of the population do not and will never benefit from. Well, that's, and, well, that's mean, part of why you can fuck. tell people that the fancy drugs are there and exist and that there's all these super th- products being made by capitalism because none of us have access to them because we can't afford them. So we just assume, well, I mean, they must exist. I just I just can't afford to pay. Well, <laughs> but in reality, it's also just bullshit. <laughs> they clearly do exist. Look. Well, they did keep the, Donald Trump the, alive when the, he got Exactly. COVID, so. <laughs> the thing you got to, like the main thing to keep in your head about COVID-19 is that globally, not just, and it's very obvious in America that this is a political plague, but it is everywhere. It is, it is, this is a plague of political economy everywhere it's touched. And Mm. that's why it has had very different like effects in different places with different uh, political economy. Like, well, it's why every member of the Senate who's a hundred years old and has like fifty-two other diseases hasn't been killed by COVID yet. Yeah, almost it's because no the one rich are going to choose. Rich. Yeah, the rich have chosen who lives and who dies. Almost no pandemic. one famous or rich. And even if you, I, I would love to see a study on this. I mean, it's very subjective. Who's rich? Who's famous? But yeah, the entire Republican Party got COVID, 
And the only guy that died was uh, what's his fucking Herman Cain. Herman Cain, yeah, the guy, the pizza guy who failed, yeah, who failed running profits. And so it just literally came down to they looked at Herman Cain and they're like, "No serum for you." Just pushed him out the door. Yeah, but everybody else got it. They all survived. I feel like they have the drugs. Yeah, yeah, and like it just proves that, like you know, just like you were saying, I mean all of this is possible and within reach, but I feel like the Biden era and like 2021 vibes is just going to be like being told what is not possible when it is so clearly possible, you know, like whether it be Medicare for all, whether it be the vaccine stuff, like Mm -hmm. I'm just, I already feel the gaslighting happening. Like at least with Trump, like we knew it couldn't be done or it wouldn't be done, but yeah, like it's just, it's that much worse knowing now that it could be done and it won't, you know? Well, it'll be a dual game too. It'll be on the one hand, it'll be the classic democratic, you know, line of like, this stuff is impossible. But at the same time, they'll be looking us in the eye and going, it's already happening. Yeah. We're doing great. We've got the vaccine. That's basically the Let's open back up California. We have the vaccine. We've been saying this for a year. Like as soon as the vaccine comes out, they're going to say, we've got the vaccine. And then you're not supposed to remember that you don't have it. No one you know has it. And 10 years from now, huge portions of the population still won't have it. You're supposed to forget about that. Everything else. Because that's what they tell us with medical care generally in this country. It's not just, it's on the one hand, Oh, politically oh. and economically, M4A is not possible. But by the way, we have the greatest healthcare in the world. Mm-hmm. We have all these, you know, uh, well, we can give you access to it, and like, like we, we can have access expand to the access to that at best, right? <laughs> right. Well, you know, I mean, the main thing is, I think in the Biden era, that yeah, we're just gonna be gaslit on uh, why they can't do it again, or that they are doing it, all this kind of stuff. But the other big thing is, we're also just gonna pretend that nothing's happening. Yeah. Right. And I think right. that's been the, well, that's the equilibrium. The last, Those two things balance out yeah. to nothing's happening. And over the last couple of weeks, I think that's become abundantly clear that we're just going to pretend that everything's actually OK. Nobody's dying. 